welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And uh, good morning to you. Uh, it is the 4th of June, 2018. And um, I had a... I don't know, I think a consequential weekend. I, t- I traveled uh, east uh, to attend a uh, an ACLU board meeting and sitting for hour upon hour upon hour upon hour uh, listening to the battles that uh, the ACLU is fighting now in these times uh, has a way of sort of concentrating one's <laughs> one's attention. And then on the drive, uh, I drove. Uh, on, the, on the drive there, I have to share with you um, three billboards that caught my eye. And they were, I wish I could tell you where. It was on the Pennsylvania Turnpike in the middle of nowhere in that broad stretch of Pennsylvania, which some people call Pennsylvania, and and which famously uh, James Carville said was uh, what? I I think it was... uh, Pennsylvania is Pittsburgh and Philadelphia with, what, Mississippi in between? Something like that. So it was in that mississippi Pennsylvania uh, section, which is just flat-out beautiful. <laughs> I You can't help but uh, just be wowed by the physical beauty the rolling hills, the greenery. And I often, when I'm in my car, I'm, my head is always going back to, uh, as you know, some of you, that I, I like to conjure up Benjamin Franklin, put him in the car with me, so that I can see things through his eyes. And, of course, he was there, and he was astonished at the speed at how quickly we were getting where we were getting when it would have taken him weeks and it would have been arduous. He wouldn't have been able to be listening to music like I was and being talked to by some disembodied voice telling me where to turn. And and so I thought of the people who first settled in these astonishing beautiful hills and valleys and of the grit that they had to have had. And then I saw the first billboard (laughs) and it was, I think it said impeachment huge letters just there it was all of a sudden instead of rolling hills it just said 
impeachment. And in smaller print under it, make America, America again. Whoa, I thought. <laughs> and I thought, given its placement in Pennsylvania, how it must annoy the hell out of a lot of people who have to see it every day. But then it's the Pennsylvania Turnpike, so a lot of other people who have to see it every, uh, every once in a while might be heartened by it or upset by it, whatever. But it, I had not seen a sign like that before. And it wasn't too much further, I don't think, that I saw the one that just blew me away because I could see it coming at me and I couldn't, it said simply G-O-P. That's, that's all it said that I could see. A huge G, a huge O, and a huge P for grand old party. The only addition was in the O was a hammer and sickle. Whoa, said I. Wow. Now, those two uh, billboards were not put up by the same organizations. Uh, GOP with the hammer and sickle is, I, I looked it up later and now I'm blanking on it again, but it, it's uh, a group that is, at least on their website, said that they have now 50 of these throughout the country. The impeachment, Make America America Again, I think is the uh, work of the uh, billionaire whose name I also am failing to recall, uh, whose uh, on television and all over the place trying to um, get Americans to realize the threat that this presidency poses. And and then the third billboard, and all of these were really in a very short space of time in a long ride, and, and um it was it was an anti NRA sign. <laughs> all of these I found extremely heartening. The G O P one made me laugh out loud. Um and the anti-NRA one, I think, as I was maybe nearing Harrisburg, or at least it would have been the way uh, a lot of legislators on their way to the state capitol, uh, taking the turnpike, it would be placed for them to see it. And it, it was addressed to them, and it essentially said, hey, you know, you represent us, not the NRA which, of course, was more of a hopeful statement than a um, true statement because uh, it seems that the opposite is, is true. Milton has found a picture of the GOP sign. Thank you, Milton. And uh, it says in small print that I couldn't see as I drove by it, paid for and approved 
by War Dog M's Inc. War Dog. I think that's what it says. Inc. So whoever they are, I love it. It's uh, it's true. True. So. Also, over the weekend, I was informed um, by two of, of you, and I thank you very much, um, both of you gave me heads up. One of you sent me a piece, which I have here, uh, about something happening right here in Pittsburgh which fits into this, uh, all of this impeachment, the ACLU fighting now on so many fronts to preserve civil liberties, the fact that the Republican Party, the GOP, seems to be a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, Russia, the fact that under the current administration we bedevil our longtime allies, Canada, the European Union, and we cozy up to our longtime enemies, Russia, North Korea, Turkey. And the impeachment and the, the erosion of civil liberties and all of that point to something that is very real, right, in America right now, which is the growing fear by so many of us that our country truly is on a precipice and that we're teetering in a in a in a a really extraordinary way as if we may in fact topple and i don't think you have to be a chicken little to be suggesting something that dire is potentially, in the works. The thing that those of us in Pittsburgh need to pay immediate attention to is what is happening to our ability to know what is happening which is to say, what is happening to our news purveyors? It wasn't too long ago, a matter of a few years, that Pittsburgh had two daily newspapers, amazingly, because most cities did not. We had the Big Bad Tribune Review owned by Richard Mellonscafe, and we had the, thank God for it, liberal Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. 
The Tribune Review is now not printing a Pittsburgh edition, but it is online. And the Post-Gazette is not a liberal newspaper anymore. It is far from a liberal newspaper. In fact, it is now a conservative newspaper, a reduced newspaper in every way, which has endured a, an unfriendly takeover by, by a generation of the family that has owned it, the Block family. I speak specifically of John Block, who is now the publisher and editor-in-chief. He owns it. He controls it. And unlike a lot of publishers, he inserts himself into the editorial function of the paper as editor. He made himself editor-in-chief as well. So, um, <clears throat> I want to disabuse you of uh, any of you who still think that the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is, uh, is better than the Tribune Review or um, is, as I said, more progressive or more liberal. It is not. Pittsburgh now has, if you keep the Tribune Review in it, two conservative newspapers. And I'll give you more evidence for what is happening to the Post-Gazette. Probably the most famous employee of the paper, certainly the one with the biggest name recognition outside of Pittsburgh on a national level is uh, Pittsburgh's political cartoonist, Rob Rogers. Rob Rogers has been working, plying his trade for the PG for 34 years. His work regularly appears in the New York Times, in the Week magazine, when they pick just about three or four editorials, uh, editorial cartoons every week, the best that have been. And Rob is constantly, constantly in there. Any compilation of <coughs> political cartooning now uh, prominently features Rob Rogers' work. He's won slews of awards. And he's liberal. And it was a great fit for him being at the Post-Gazette for a long time. But it ain't a good fit anymore. Because if you subscribe to the Post-Gazette, or if you pick it up, if you read it, or if you w look at it online, you know what you haven't seen in, I don't know, it's, it's going on, closing in on maybe two weeks now. You know what you haven't seen? 
you haven't seen a Rob Rogers cartoon. Now, sometimes that happens because Rob goes on vacation. But guess what? He's not on vacation. Rob has been doing what he's done for three plus decades. He is turning out extraordinarily funny, insightful uh, work. And he's presenting it to his employer for the editorial page. And the last, I'm thinking, because he isn't in again today, I'm assuming that this brings the number up to, I guess, six of his, so it's definitely a week and, and heading into the second week. Six of his last cartoons. The Post-Gazette, which employs him, has refused to run. Is keeping you (laughs) from seeing them. Now, Rob posts these on his Facebook page. So, you can always go to Facebook and see him. And, because his work is syndicated, I suppose people in other parts of the country have seen some of these cartoons. I have them here because, thank heaven, here are two of them. Um, I can tell you what's, if you can't see, are these visible even with the... um, Here are two of them. Uh, one has to do, of course, with the NFL and um, and likening it to Starbucks closing for a racial sensitivity training and uh, the NFL closing for the opposite. Um, another is uh, the the lower one is a Ku Klux Klansman sitting in a doctor's office and saying, to the doctor, could it be the Ambien? And that, of course, is in reference to uh, Roseanne Barr's racist taunt. Okay? Those two, which are very Rogerian, I guess, there's no dip. Do those offend you? Those are political cartoons. Those are classic Rob Rogers cartoons. His own newspaper wouldn't print them. His own newspaper wouldn't print these. The first one, another NFL cartoon, which I think is hysterical. It shows, it says new NFL penalties. And it shows the, uh, first of all, I'll just act it out because I think it's funny. Here's one of the new penalties. It shows a referee with hands over his mouth, which And the penalty is for illegal use of free speech. Okay? The other penalty is the referee flagrant disrespect of the troops. And the third penalty is this prompted unnecessary rough tweets from Trump. 
John Block and his minions, now having overtaken the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, have decided you couldn't see that. The other is from a Memorial Day, uh, the recent Memorial Day shows Trump putting a uh, wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier, uh, but um, on the tomb is written, truth, honor, rule of law, suggesting that that is what has died. Okay? That too. You didn't see it. And a fifth is an immigration one, uh, which shows a uh, roadway sign, caution sign, shows people running, and shows a clear Trumpian figure grabbing a screaming child. Obviously a comment on our, the Trump administration's policy of separating children from their parents if they come into the United States illegally. Okay. Big deal? Yeah. Big deal. I have told you in the past, don't, uh, don't cancel your subscription. I, uh, I'm not saying that anymore. I'm not saying that anymore. I don't want to support John Robinson Block's Trumpian paper. A paper that censors its nationally recognized award-winning cartoonist who, by the way, might be fired. I don't know. They're refusing to talk. The reason I know, and the reason any of this is out, what, are they going to report on the fact that they are censoring their own uh, employee? No, you're not going to hear that. Any of the local news stations said anything? Thank God one. The public radio station, WESA, which has an online presence, which I think we should all follow religiously now, because this is one of the few organs that is now telling us what's going on. You can't trust the newspaper. I wrote a letter to the editor. It wasn't printed. Maybe it'll show... They were typical, Rogers cartoons, which is to say insightful and maybe even a little insightful, C-I-T-E-ful, which is exactly, by the way, what an editorial cartoon is supposed to be. I wrote, they were on subjects as varied as Roseanne Barr, immigration, and the NFL. Why are you censoring Rob's work? It just doesn't figure that one of America's great newspapers, as you ludicrously call yourself, 
would be so fearful of publishing the brilliant work of one of America's truly great editorial cartoonists. That's what I wrote. That's a perfectly, if you ask me, good letter to the editor. Here's the thing. This is the way. Little things. Little things that you really don't even notice. And then even if you're told about them, like me telling you now, you're shocked, but, you know, what are you going to do about it? Little insidious things. Drip, drip, drip. And the very soul and foundation of what has made this nation great disappears. This is how you lose a democracy. Having your local newspaper now being run by a Trumpian publisher refusing to let you see the work that you have seen for 30 plus years. What is funny is that one of the things that Block did was he brought in to run the editorial page on which Rob Rogers appears, his, uh, the guy who used to, who also runs the editorial page at his other newspaper, the Toledo Blade, so now we've got this jerk. His name is Keith Burris. He's the one who came to town and then immediately wrote this big editorial uh, uh, jumping on any of us who called Trump racist. And he printed this screed on uh, Martin Luther King Day. It was so appalling that even the foundations in Pittsburgh had the need to write a letter of opposition to what he had said. Even members of the Block family wrote a letter disassociating themselves from their family member who unfortunately happens to now run, own our local newspaper. And Keith Burris got a lot of blowback, obviously, huh? Even the Columbia Journalism Review did a story about it. And so he wrote uh, something, I'm not sure which came, he, how he viewed what an editorial uh, page should be. And listen to what he said. Because it's sort of ironic. He said that the business of an opinion page was to be willing to disappoint and even offend. What clearly he forgot to add was willing to offend anybody but Mr. Block and me. Here at Pittsburgh City Paper, 
new ownership has fired our longtime editor, Charlie Deitch, ostensibly for writing something nasty about a homophobic, right-wing, powerful state legislature, Daryl Metcalf, who they, they told the former editor, lay off him. And he said, as any good journalist would, are you kidding? You can't tell me that. He's fired. You going to be getting your news from City Paper now, you think? With ownership like that? Censoring, it's firing, it's journalists? You going to get news now from the Post-Gazette? Because we now know that its ownership silences liberal perspectives. Reminded me of that old thing from, you know, Nazi Germany. First they came for the Unionists, and I was not in a union, so I didn't say anything, and blah, blah, blah. Then they came for the Socialists, but I wasn't a Socialist, so I didn't say anything, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, then they came for the Jews, then they came for the this, then they came for me, and there was nobody left to say anything. Well, this is the drip, drip, drip. They silenced Charlie Deitch right here. I'm probably next. They silence Rob Rogers over there. This is America, guys. You see how these things happen? And we feel powerless. When are we finding you? I don't know. I think take to the streets. I think we need to organize. A rally in support of Rob Rogers. Telling the Post-Gazette, this will not stand. And we will not support your noxious paper now. I see us marching with these marvelous cartoons reproduced on placards. If we get enough of us to do that in the next week or so, hmm, the television stations will have to cover, and so we'll get the news out to the people who don't know that this is even happening, who haven't paid any attention whatsoever. That the newspaper, the very entity which exists because of the First Amendment rights that this country bestows upon us. A newspaper which should be the vanguard in any community of Free speech. Free, messy speech. The newspaper is engaged in censorship. The newspaper. This is what happens in an autocratic country or a fascistic country where only the rich and corporations own the media. Huh? This is happening here. Now. And we're just... 
I want every one of you to tell everybody you bump into you can think of what is happening. I want every one of you to commit to be part of a demonstration so we can get this on the news, the TV news, because what do we have? Uh-uh. What do we have? The only way that evil and awful things triumph is for good people to do nothing. That's all I am saying. I don't know if the caller's still there, but we have a call. Hello, caller. Hello. 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 Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Uh, no, I mean, uh, you pretty much said everything I was going to say, but the last time I hung up, you said I was impotent, so I figured I better stay on the line. <laughs> uh, you were joking when you said that, but okay. uh, uh, no, I we've been we were debating last night whether it was time in my house whether we should drop the post gazette and like so it's interesting. Uh, uh, I don't really know where we're going to turn to for local news anymore. Well, you know what? But, uh, Here's where you turn. You turn. You have. You go online, and the fact is, is the reporters at the Tribune Review are just fine. They're fine. They're editorial. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. Follow, you go to the Tribune Review, and you go to uh, ninety point five Wisa because do you know who's working over there now? Who wrote this uh, yes, story? My hero, Chris Potter. Chris Potter, yes, <laughs> an ex, used to yeah. be the editor here, then went to the Post Gazette, yeah. then got the hell yeah. out of both, right? And now he's over there doing his work. Bill O'Driscoll, who used to be one of our better journalists here, is now working there. I see he's got a report on Pittsburgh filmmakers today. Um, this is. You know, we're going to have to scramble more. There are people trying to uh, give us news. But if you think we're going to get it from the PG now, I have not. No, can I will cancel my subscription today. I've been a subscriber yeah, I don't, I don't, for. We haven't done it, but it's going to be this week sometime. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've been a subscriber, not, probably not as long as you, but um, uh, quite a few years. But that Saturday front page with. I noticed also uh, it was all like pro-Trump stories all above the fold too, and I don't—I I could be getting paranoid, but I don't think that was a coincidence either. Which just made me think I can't really trust anything this paper has to say. <laughs> no, well, so. they have a—they have—they are a propaganda uh, organ now. I don't know how yeah. um, uh, you know. I my heart goes out to so many of the fine people that are left there. Um, especially yeah. opinion, well, especially opinion writers like Tony Norman, um, you know, and Brian O'Neill. Although right. Brian doesn't generally get into partisan politics that much, but uh, wow, I just don't understand. I mean, I would have thought that most of their subscribers would be on the left end of the spectrum, and that most of them would be dropping their subscription. Am I, am I crazy to think that? 
No. I mean, I assume there's some people in the middle, and then there's some people on the left, and there's like the smattering of people here and there in Pittsburgh, and I doubt any of them read the Post-Gazette, because, I mean, yeah, I didn't think the Post-Gazette was a liberal paper for years. They were anti-union as long as I can remember. Think of their endorsements. Think of of who they endorsed in the last, uh, maybe the last... For years. Yeah, for years. At least the last... But that's because he... Block has been, and he has asserted control more and more and more. As after Trump came into the presidency, he, like so many other loathsome creatures, has been empowered. And he figures, I got this new, yeah, I got a newspaper. I'm going to use it. Yeah, yeah, that's a way to end the family business, I guess. Yeah. But. That's, that was his choice. So, uh, it's mine. a great <laughs> loss. I mean, I have to tell you, my my I I really had a horrible weekend because I even woke. You know what happened to me on Saturday night after I'd gotten back from the ACLU meeting and I found this stuff out. I had a nightmare, <laughs> and it was clearly about all of this. And I ended up. It's only the second time in my life that I screamed out loud in my in terror in my dream because often you know in a dream you're trying to and nothing comes out I screamed and woke myself I mean I woke up and my heart was pounding and I haven't been the same since <laughs> I mean I am just yeah. we got to do something right and I don't I just don't understand how did Pittsburgh end up with this like uh, I mean, is, are there other papers that ran racist editorials on Martin Luther King Day <laughs> and, like, became nationally famous for having done so? Not, I, I don't. Not that I'm aware. Uh, I'm sure there probably were, but none, none quite like uh, <laughs> ours. And, yeah, um, sure. I, you know, I don't know. I, they might, you know, if they had any. I don't know what. To, I, I don't know. I don't know. So. All right. Would uh, we need to spread the word? Yeah, you should get a hold of that that Tracy, the organizer, that's so good at stuff, and uh, have her organize a march. Well, I called <laughs> I a friend of night. mine who also has been organizing stuff. Uh, I walked over to her house yesterday yesterday morning in a in a high dudgeon and and uh, said we got to do something. And yeah, she agrees. So I don't know. Um, we got to do something. I'll. I promise to work on it. I'm not sure who else, but please spread the word. Um, yeah. Let people know that they can um, listen to the, you know, the first part of this show today by getting going to Pittsburgh City Paper or to my Facebook page. Uh, please, yeah. let's start spreading the word. Let's. Um, I feel like Paul Revere today. I do. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. all right. Well, good luck, and I'll be out there in the street with you. If you God bless pull you. Together. <laughs> thank you so much. All thank right, you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Wow. Um, Margaret says I'm in. Oh God, Margaret. She just also told me the Supreme Court today handed down a victory to a Christian baker from Colorado who refused for religious reasons to make a cake for a gay couple. So, I mean, okay, these people, 
own you think we got any power we yeah you know what we got we got hollywood that's what we got that's true we get pretty much got hollywood you know what they got they got the congress they got the white house they got the supreme court they got most newspapers most radio stations most television stations Hmm? We don't have a winning hand, guys. And when the very soul of our country is at stake, it is a very precarious position to be in. Um, all right, so that's it. I don't know what to do. I mean, I've reached out to people and said, did you see what happened and blah, 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 and I get, yeah, I did. And I'm thinking, uh-uh, we got to stop. We got to stop this. We've got to find our voice before it's too late. And I do want to say this, that if someday I'm not here, please go to my Facebook page for information or follow me on Twitter, okay? At Facebook, it's just what? Lynn Cullen, at Lynn, well, I don't even know how Facebook works. It's Lynn Cullen. If you go to Lynn Cullen, there I am. And I would then use that platform until we could find another microphone. I'm just saying, okay? And I don't want to suggest that anybody here has said boo to me. They have not. Quite frankly, I think it's because they don't listen. Um, but uh, I don't know. So that's it. We have another call. Got dropped. Okay. Um, you know, uh, John Block is a uh, a twin. There are two of them. <laughs> he has a twin brother. His twin brother's named Alan, and Alan gets to run their, uh, I guess, broadcast properties and some other things. And 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 we got John. Believe me, John might be the better of the two. I don't know, because I have information here on Alan I'd like to share with you. Oh, dear God. Caller, go ahead, please. Okay, well, we're being... Hello, caller? Caller. Hello? Okay, let it go. Hello, Lynn. Yes, yes, yes. Hi. Hi. Hey, um, uh, this thing that the... Uh... Republicans push. I even hear the Democrats too, where they're calling themselves, calling the businesses job creators. And I, I, so if I hire somebody to put siding on in my house, I guess I'm a job creator. So you know what I mean? It's just there's always been management needs labor and labor needs management. There's always.
always been that equal thing. Now they're pushing it that we're doing you guys a favor. You know what I mean? We're like, that's that's the problem with the way they push us now. And did people think that this uh, last tax cut, just think about it, the same people that crashed the economy got rewarded for it from Donald Trump. I mean, that, and the Democrats don't pound any of that through. Hell with the uh, impeachment. Don't even talk about that. Pound the issues, but it doesn't seem like they're out there. Maybe they are. I don't always watch a pundit shows and all that bullshit anymore, but it just kills me how um, they push the same propaganda, or whatever you want to call it, and everybody just gulps it up. Yep. Yep. So. I, I hear you. I got no, nothing to add. I never considered them job creators. I thought they needed me, and I needed them. Exactly right. This thank thank you very much. It. Yeah. Thank okay, you very thank much. You. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Yep. Yeah, we live in a country in which labor is simply discounted. Always. Always. That's why you got a business page. You got business page in every paper. You don't have the labor page as if business could do anything without labor, without us. Mary says, I'm in anytime, anyplace, anyway. So, Alan Block, somebody sent me this. Now, this is old, but people don't change. This is from a piece written almost 20 years ago, but it's a profile that was in The Observer about Alan Block, the twin brother of our Trumpian censoring publisher. And this was written when Alan Block was 44 years old. So uh, these twins are now in their mid-60s, okay? And let me just give you a sense, because this will tell you where the... Right. Uh, it says, Alan Block is 44 years old. He's worth over $100 million. That is much higher now, guys. Since 1985, he has come to Manhattan nearly every weekend from his hometown of Toledo to give small dinner parties and to find the right woman. This piece goes on. This reporter named George Gurley... George spent an incredible amount of time with Alan Block in New York City. The Observer is, of course, a New York newspaper. Following him around as he, the millionaire, went hunting for a woman. I am just going to read some of the quotes from Mr. Robinson from this piece. I never thought I'd be this age and never been married. It was never my plan. I think the conditions, the way it is today, is the reason. I think there's a war between the sexes. I think the female part of the population has been waging a war against the male part. Male and female have always been equal. You can't compare gender to race. That was never a valid analogy or comparison. There was never a deliberate effort to hold women down. Feminism is basically wrong. He continues, 
I would have rather been single in 1950, 1955. I would rather have been dealing with a woman who wanted to get married or had to get married. The reporter goes on to say, explain to the readers that Block owns half of the Blade with his twin brother, John. John is co-publisher and editor-in-chief of the newspapers. So he always, what? So this is from 1999. So he's been there for a long time. But never, he didn't use to meddle. He got somehow Trumpian. Hmm? And the impact on us is so destructive of our community and destructive of our right as citizens of this city to know what the hell is going on, to have an opinion page which reflects our voices, not just his. Some more quotes. Gives you a sense of the block boys. He's talking about the women that he's looking for a wife. He's 44, okay? Some of them are attractive. Some of them were attractive. Some of these girls just played the game too long. A girl once said to me, I think a rich man and a beautiful woman are the same thing. And I said to her, beautiful women are much more numerous than rich men who really have it who really rank financially. In other words, if a male really has it financially, that's far rarer than a girl. He complains to the Observer reporter, another truth about the sexual situation of New York relations between men and women is a small percentage of the men, a very small percentage, get a disproportionate percentage of the physical action. 10% of the men or less do 60% of the screwing. And then listen to the homophobia. Another point I would make, some people think gay rights doesn't hurt anybody, but I would say to be a single male over 40 years old the gay movement is a very hurt, very hurtful, definitely detrimental to my position because I am a totally heterosexual individual. In the past, I would have gotten credit for that. Today, people say, why aren't you married? Or maybe he's gay. I am a tolerant person, but I believe sexuality is a private matter, and it should stay private. I do not believe in gay expressions of sexuality in public, period. If someone says, well, that's unfair, well, I would say, okay. But I do not believe that gays should be kissing in public, that openly homosexual people I don't believe in openly homosexual people. It used to be it was a mental illness. 
Today they think there's some biological, I mean, the bottom line is the answer to that would be they're now proving that schizophrenia has a biological basis. You're born with schizophrenia too, but no one's saying, well, that's normal. This is our publisher's twin brother. Chuck writes, if I could find one newspaper that would give me a fair and balanced menu of both conservative and liberal perspectives, I would buy that paper. Right. Why does a paper have to be either left or right? And for a moment, let's give John Robinson Block the benefit of the doubt. I can't agree with that. And assume he's trying to navigate the PG into the black and save it. This would not be the way to do it. Look... How could he think that? He's sitting in the, it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh voted overwhelmingly. Allegheny County voted for Obama, for Hillary. They didn't vote for Trump. So if it's a business decision, he would be moving left, not right. The fact is, John Robinson Block can afford to run this paper into the ground, destroying the lives of people who work there. He can afford to do that. Because he got lots of money. His paper can go under, and he still has his fancy houses, his Stepford wife, all the stuff. He still has it all. And his picture of him with Trump. Aaron says, I'm 45 years old and have never washed a melon in my life. <laughs> Good. He says until Saturday, don't wash your melons. I picked up a great watermelon at Trader Joe's and was about to carve it up until I remembered your show from last week. So I scrubbed it. Thanks. I'm very OCD, so I'm sure this will stick. Dang it. Ah, Aaron, I'm sorry. My whole point in telling you was so you didn't wash. You've not washed melons. You're, in, you're 45. You have not washed melons for 45 years. Have you succumbed to some horrendous disease as a result? No. Oh. Okay. Where are we? Guys, you know what I watched last night on TV just to soothe my troubled soul? I, uh, WQED replayed um, their special on Mr. Rogers that is uh, narrated by Michael Keaton and has John Lithgow in it and Sarah Silverman and a bunch of other people commenting on him and excerpts from the show. and It is so wonderful. And it, just to be again in his calming presence. But I know that he would be beside himself if he saw what was happening. A similar thought was had by Patty Davis, who you might recall was the 
youngest daughter of Ronald Reagan, and she caused him a lot of grief. <laughs> and she says in this piece, which she wrote for the Washington Post today, that um, she always felt like her father wasn't as into her as he was into America, and she felt sort of ignored, and I think she was. I don't think it ever been said that he was a great parent. But she said if he were alive and see if he were to see what happened to his party, he would be, well, her word is appalled and heartbroken. She says he would plead with Americans to recognize that the caustic, destructive language coming from our current president is sullying the dream that America once was. And that playing verbal Russian roulette in the world is not leadership, it's madness. He would point to one of the pillars of our freedom, a free press, which sets us apart from dictatorships and countries ruled by despots. He didn't always like the press himself, no president does, but the idea of relentlessly attacking the media as the enemy, enemy would never, ever have occurred to him, and he would not have tolerated it. He would say there is a difference between immigration laws and cruelty, he believed in law. He hated cruelty. And she ends by saying, despite my father's innate humility, he would ask the people of this country to reflect on something he said back in 1964, long before he was president. And this is the quote she chose. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We will preserve for our children this. He's talking about America. The last best hope of mankind on earth. Or we will sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Well, as I said at the beginning, we stand on a precipice and we are teetering. And if we fall, we fall into that thousand years of darkness. So we must act in every way that we can. The stakes are that high. Please stay tuned for any updates on any action that we might be able to get together to protest the muzzling of Rob Rogers, who besides being a brilliant political cartoonist, is a wonderful human being and a 
wonderful member of our community. And for him to be silenced here is criminal. And it can not stand. That's it for me. (laughs) I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.